Welcome to the Mindful Career Transitions Podcast. This is the show for you if you've had success in your current career, yet you feel like there must be a more fulfilling way to spend your day. Listen in as we share wisdom, career change tips, and expertise on making a mindful transition to a fulfilling and meaningful career. Here's your host, Liesl Teversham. Hello and welcome back. It's so wonderful to be speaking with a wonderful guest today and we met each other, I don't know, around about a year and a half ago in some online programs and we've been keeping contact ever since and I'm delighted to introduce you to Uma Garish today who's going to share some wonderful wisdom about finding our passion and life's detours and um, how to find a meaningful career in, in the midst of a very busy life. So... Um, I'm going to share a little bit about Uma and the work that she does so that you can get to know her a little bit. Uma Garish is a grief guide, certified life purpose coach, and an award-winning author. Her latest book, published by Hay House, is a transformational memoir called Losing Amar, Finding Home, a memoir about love, loss, and life's detours. Following her own journey through grief and loss, Uma is committed to helping women find new purpose from the ashes of their loss so they can lead a life of meaning and joy. Uma hosts a weekly podcast called The Grammar of Grief and also writes a blog by the same name. She's also the co-founder of the International Grief Council, which seeks to impart the message that grief is a universal language we speak irrespective of color, race, country or culture. Uma, what a privilege for me to speak with you today. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Liesl, for having me. It's always a joy to speak with you. Thank you. And I would love to dive right in and ask you to share with us some about the journey that you have walked, Uma, because I know you've walked this very um, intensive journey with the, with the loss of your mom and the books that you've written and so you I almost want to say I think you found your soul's calling and what it is that you here to do on earth so could you share some of that journey with us please sure when I moved to the United States from India with my family that's my husband and my daughter who was 15 back in 2008 I had a completely different plan, as we all do when we relocate geographically, right? So my plan was to come to the United States and teach English as a second language to immigrants. I was a Cambridge University certified teacher and trainer, and I had been writing and teaching in India. And I thought as a an extension of that, I would do the same kind of work here. But of course, eight months after we moved, my mother, who lived in India with my sister at the time, died from cancer. And her death was absolutely devastating for me. It plunged me into a world of darkness. I didn't know what to do with the sense of grief and loss I was experiencing. I was in a new country, a new culture. I had no friends. I didn't even know how to drive back then. So it was a very, very lonely journey at the time. It was like I had been thrust into this foreign country and all of a sudden I found myself completely lost and wandering in the equally foreign territory of grief. So all of a sudden my soul sort of woke me up to its purpose. I thought I would teach English 
But when something like this happens, when a traumatic event strikes you down, your life shatters into a million little pieces. And suddenly you look around you and go, wow, what I thought was important, what I wanted to achieve, what I defined as success is no longer true. And that's what happened to me. I was in a place where I had to redefine what my life was going to be about. I had to relearn how to walk a new path. And that is where I found my soul's calling because I started walking towards this topic of death and dying and grief and loss. I wanted to learn more about it. I wanted to empower myself with the tools I needed to grieve my mother's loss purposefully, not shut down from the pain, but to open up to the pain and receive the gifts of grief. And in doing so, over the last seven years, I have trained to become a hospice volunteer and I have started to work with people who are grieving a loss, any kind of loss, um, not just the death of a loved one, but loss comes in many forms and sizes and shapes. The death of a job, the death of a marriage, the death of a friendship, all these bring about feelings of grief and intense loss. So that is my role today. I work with the seniors in a retirement community, and I also work with people, in, especially women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, who are struggling to survive some kind of a life transition. Mm. Uma, that is a very powerful story. And I think for so many people sitting with um, sort of an ending in their lives, it can be, it can bring such hope to know that something so incredibly new and refreshing and powerful as their soul's calling can actually come from that ending because we always or we, we tend to think this feels like the end of my life. Everything as I know it has come to an end. But what I hear from you is it can lead us into a wonderful and powerful new direction. That's absolutely true, Liesl, because uh, every ending, no matter how painful it is, always has hidden in it a new beginning. And if we open up to the purpose of that new beginning, then life becomes um, much more wondrous and joyous. But many times what we do when confronted with pain is that we shut down, we contract instead of expanding. And if we sort of internalize the grief and don't really open up to its gifts, learn to be present to it, learn to feel it, express it and let it move through us, then it can stunt our growth. That's why so many people get stuck when difficult circumstances come up in their lives. But every situation of loss is an invitation to open. It's an invitation to to expand more of your heart, to open up to something new. So I often in my talks and workshops use the analogy of a closed door. It's like a Door closes behind you and for the longest time we pound on that door and mm. we say, we, I want life to be the way it used to be. I want to have my loved one back. I want the relationship to be what it used to be. I don't want this divorce. I, I, you know, you, you fight it and it's normal to fight it because nobody likes unpleasantness. We are, uh, as human beings, we are geared to love pleasure and hate pain. So that's what we do. And then at some point, we start walking down that long, dark hallway, which is the path to our new life. And if somehow we keep walking 
with faith, we'll get to another door. And beyond that door lies a whole new world of possibility and potential. That is so beautiful. I love the metaphors you use because it makes it so vivid in my mind and I'm sure our listeners as well. Um, I loved especially the one about we keep pounding on that door, you know, and I, I can yeah. personally uh, identify I've been going through sort of a breakup of a friendship that was very, very sad for me. And I know for many days and weeks I was pounding on that door and saying I wanted to back the way it was. Yeah. And then we stunt our growth is what I hear you saying. Absolutely, because the reason that friendship ended or the reason that um, you got fired from that job is because your soul wants you to have a whole new understanding through which you are meant to grow and evolve. Oh, that is powerful. Your soul wants you to have a new understanding. Mm. So what I'm hearing you say is that we get... Um, sent some experiences or I, I don't know the words that you would put it in but the experiences come along our way so that we can grow and evolve and experience different things in a different way and understand it in in different layers yeah that's the only reason we are here we incarnated in this human form for our souls to evolve so every experience we invite into our lives Every relationship challenge, everything that shows up as an obstacle in our path is an invitation to open ourselves deeper and wider, learn the lessons from that experience and to use the gifts of those lessons to help and connect with other people. So we help people that are walking in similar shoes by sharing our stories, by sharing the lessons that have come to us. And we empower in that process not just ourselves, but a whole universe of people who are going through something similar that we went through. Yeah, that is very powerful, Uma. So sharing is just very, um, it's like caring <laughs> when we share our story and other people can gain hope and that this isn't necessarily the, the final end of the road for me. There's so much more to come. Exactly. Um, Uma, I, I hear you talk about opening or expanding around the pain um, instead of contracting and, you know, getting stunted in our growth. I know that you can't teach us in a couple of minutes exactly what you do, but is there a tip or a, a technique or something simple that you can share with our listeners? Maybe there's something, somebody struggling with a loss they've, they are busy experiencing or they know a door is closing or their career is just not the right place for them anymore and they don't know what to do. And we start contracting because we're afraid of the future. We don't know. It's so unknown. Um, is there a tip or a technique that you have to help us expand instead of contract? Sure. Typically what we do when we grieve a loss, uh, no matter what that loss is, um, we shut down from the pain, right? We, we either distract ourselves, we get busy on social media, we dive into work projects, we distract and divert ourselves from feeling the pain or we deny the pain. Yeah. We want to be perceived as strong. We think crying or feeling a little beaten down by this pain is somehow somehow makes us look inadequate, feel inadequate, and so we deny the pain. Mm. Now, all of this, what, what this does to us is the pain chases us harder. And it's like that monster hiding under the bed. The child believes there's a monster there and won't go to bed. But you as the mom say, well, let's pick up the sheets and look under the bed and see there's no monster there. And the child knows, yeah, the monster lived in his mind and it wasn't 
really that there was a monster under the bed. Pain and fear are uh, similar. When you fear something, the fear has you in its grip. So when you feel the pain and you 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 embrace it, you say, yes, I am in pain. I am struggling with grief. One of the most important things you should do is connect with someone who can bear witness to your story. That is so powerful because at the end of the day, all of us humans just want to be seen and heard. We want to be validated. We want a listening ear. Unfortunately, most of us don't know how to listen. So when we tell someone our story, we are intimidated. We wonder, will we be heard? Will we be seen? Will will this person be able to understand what I'm going through? And oftentimes, and sadly what happens is that the person we are talking to tries to fix our pain. Yeah. Either by saying something comforting or which is often not at all comforting but just, you know, makes us feel worse. Mm. However, if we find even one person, whether it's a grief guide or counselor or a dear um, mentor who can actually just sit down and be a comforting container, he or she doesn't try to fix your pain, doesn't try to comfort you, <clears throat> excuse me, but just tries to listen to your story and bear witness to it. That's all we need most of the time. And if you don't have such a person in your life, I would say turn to the journal. The journal is, the blank page is one of the most attentive listeners we have. The blank page doesn't judge your sorrow or your rage or your fears. It just accepts anything that you say to it. So if you don't have a person, find someone who you can work with who will understand your pain. And if that's not an option for you for some reason, I would say journal. You're then allowing yourself to open up to the pain and listen to what that pain is saying to you. I think that is incredibly powerful. So just to find a container to be witness to how we truly feel our authentic deepest feelings so that it doesn't get brushed under a bush or ignored or denied or pretend that it's not there. So to be truthful and absolutely honest about this is how I'm feeling and not to find a person who's going to try and brush it away with a positive comment. Right. I'll give you an example. When I lost my mother, a family member said to me, well, you had her all these years. Think of all those orphans who've never known a mother. And she meant that as a comforting um, suggestion, but it was the last thing I needed to hear at that time. I was in so much pain. I just needed her to sit down and receive my story, but she wasn't able to do that. And sadly, most people try to fix you by explaining that you should be grateful, you should count your blessings, you should focus on what's positive in your life. And that's truly not helpful when you're really struggling through something so intense. Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to turn it around, Uma. This is a very powerful teaching for us all. If we happen to come across somebody who needs a listening ear, for us to be so attentive to not try and fix it for them, not try and make them feel better, because what they need to do at that moment is to be heard, and that's all. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That is beautiful. That's a powerful teaching, Uma. Um, another thing that came to mind that I just wanted to comment that you said, um, and can you believe it is out of my mind? Now, I'll come back to it in a moment. <laughs> I think I may be getting old. Um, so I've, I've heard you talk about as well when you were talking about how your book came about and your mom 
passing away while you're away from her physically. And so that that is life's detours, right? You know, we get thrown mm-hmm. these things that none of us can plan in our wildest dreams. And it can be so tough to handle those detours. Um, Uma, do you have any words of wisdom for us about what to do with life's detours? Well, anytime you encounter something traumatic, um, first of all, you must recognize it as your soul's awakening. So a traumatic event often brings you to, the, to a fork in the road, and you have a choice which direction to take. So those are the life's detours I'm talking about. Some people say, I'm going to stay safe. I'm going to stay in the known and familiar comfort zone and keep doing what I do, pay the bills, just take care of life. Um, I will try not to feel too much pain. I will try and engage with my friends because they don't want me to be sad. They want me to be happy. People like to hang out with me when I'm happy. Nobody likes being around someone mopey and tearful. So they stay safe. The person who takes the other uh, fork in the road is saying to herself, and that that's really where I found myself, I don't know where this road leads. I have no clue what I'm meant to do with life now. This is the life I knew before my mother died, but somehow life as I lived it is no longer true for me. My soul is calling to me at a deeper level. It's awakening me to certain truths which I didn't know before. I'm not who I used to be. And so the challenge or the invitation, as you perceive it, is to walk down that road, not knowing where that road leads, but just having the faith to put one step in front of another, one foot in front of another, and just keep taking baby steps. We have to be comfortable with not knowing. And that's such a difficult thing for us because we like to be in control. We like goals and plans and maps and um a definite sense of direction, but life's detours are about the unknowns. You don't know where you're going. You don't know when you'll get there. You don't have a clear map. You just know you have to walk in faith. So I would say that when life's detours show up in, in, in your, in your personal journey, it's an invitation to let go, to surrender. Are you a person with control issues? Are you someone who tries to um, take care of everybody and everything so that life stays comfortable and you can continue to live in that cozy comfort zone? Well, guess what? When something upsets your life and you're suddenly shaken out of that comfortable rut of existence, nothing is known anymore. Nothing is familiar anymore. And so you have to walk down that road feeling the fear but walking in faith and believing that somehow life is leading you somewhere and that your soul knows the map, even if you don't, that you trust the journey and you trust your soul to lead you where it needs to go. And oftentimes, if you trust enough, you'll get to a place which is incredibly beautiful and way better than anything you could have ever imagined. 
Yes, that is a lovely, a beautiful reminder for us, Uma, is, is, you know, we can't even in our wildest dreams create the lives <laughs> that we can have um, because we don't see the full picture, right? So if we had to create our yeah. lives truly, uh, wow, it would be so much worse than than the life that can be created for us if we take that road of faith and keep walking to where the divine is, is leading us. Um, I... What I want to just pause with here, because you said it so beautifully, is a few, almost I want to call them a frame. You know, if you frame a picture in a certain way, it looks very different to if you frame it with a different frame. Um, so what I heard you say is some of the frames, it's almost like the glasses that we can put on and look through um, when we have an uncertain period or a, a detour that comes up for us in life. One of the frames we can put on, or the glasses, is um, that... Uh, you said it beautifully, trust life or trust that your soul is leading you in the direction where mm. you're meant to be, something like that. So have these beliefs that are very um, – it creates faith almost to even say those words to ourselves. Absolutely. It's, um, it's very difficult for us to do because we've grown up believing and embracing this notion that we we should always be in control of where we're going. We should know what we're doing. We should have a five-year plan. And when something like this happens, when you lose a job you've had for X number of years, when someone you love dies, when um, all of a sudden your spouse is cheating on you and you find out after three years, you know, life as you know it is no longer true. And all of a sudden you you have to accept the fact that the rug has been pulled from under your feet. So what do you do when all the rules and the formulae and everything that you trusted for your journey is is ripped away? Mm. And all of a sudden there's this void. You have to walk down this road of life without knowing for sure what's going to happen, how life is going to pan out, where's the money going to come from, how am I going to pay the bills, will I wake up with purpose and, and joy, will I ever laugh again, will I know happiness? You know, there are so many unknowns in your life. Mm. And so... The only thing you can do is to trust that somehow there is a divine energy that's guiding your path. And this divine energy, when you were born, knew exactly where your nose should go and how to grow your fingernails, as Dr. Wayne Dyer would say. Mm. It knew how to put every part of you exactly where it belonged. And you didn't question that divine energy back then. You trusted it to take care of you as you learned how to crawl and to walk and to run and climb and jump and all of that. But we get to a certain point in life when we take that control back and say, now my ego is in the driver's seat. I'm in charge of my life. We disconnect from that divine guidance. So what our soul has to do is it has to shake things up. It That's the only way it gets our attention again. So when when some traumatic life event happens then all of a sudden you go, oh my God, everything that I thought was true for me, everything that I believed in is no longer true. I don't know what to do with this situation. And all of a sudden, in that place, in that very moment, your soul is saying, I got this. All you have to do is trust me. Mm -hmm. Trust in that divine energy all over again that guided you until this moment. When you look back on your life and see how far you've come, it's it's amazing the things that we have encountered and overcome, the obstacles in our path. If you go back to the moment in your womb and then 
think back to where you are today and how far you've come and how you were able to overcome everything that you did. And so to believe that the path forward will be guided the same way. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to plan everything on your own. You're not alone. You are supported and guided. Uma, you are sharing amazing stuff. I'm getting goosebumps as you're speaking. It's very powerful. So my next question is, is there something that you had to overcome in order to do the work that you do today? I had to overcome a lot to be doing the work I'm doing today. First of all, I had no tools for grieving. So I didn't know how to do this thing called grief. Um, I had been around to witness the deaths of two grandparents, but I had the support of my family and friends back then. Here, when I lost my mother, I was in a new culture. I didn't have any friends, no family. It was just very, very hard. So I had to let go of um, the need for familiarity. And that's so hard for us to do. It was the hardest thing that life had asked of me. To just walk down that path. Because my soul was calling to me and saying, serve, serve, serve. When you help other people heal, you will be healed. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to do this. I just had to get out of bed every morning, trusting my soul to take charge of my life. And I went where I was led. I did what it asked of me. And every night when I went to bed, having helped someone through something that they were struggling with, at the time, I went to retirement homes and, and uh, nursing homes, and I worked with the elderly who were aching, who were alone, who were in pain themselves, either because they had lost a loved one or they were disconnected and disengaged from close family or, um, you know, they, they were having some volatile relationship situation with loved ones. So in helping them, in in Turning my own energy of pain into purposeful action on their behalf, I slowly began to heal myself. So I had to let go of this need for certainty. I had to let go of the need for when I wake up today, I have to know what I'm going to be doing and how I'm going to, um, you know, work on the next chapter of my life. And I have to know everything and plan everything. I was in this void and just waking up and doing where I was um guided to do and led to whoever needed my assistance and it was slowly a process without a timeline that just helped me heal and mm. get to where I am today yeah wow Uma that is amazing and what I heard you say sort of through the lines is um, that often when we when we're in a place of pain, huge deep pain ourselves, and it feels like life has lost its meaning, when we serve others and we help others, it's like we find the meaning in life. Yeah, because when when that happens, your pain isn't local anymore. I was grieving the loss of my mother and I was in pain, but I could connect to the universal pain of all these people who are also in pain, different kinds of pain, but it was all part of the human suffering. And so when you connect with that global experience of pain, you step out of that bubble of self. You step out of that space of why me? Why does life have to be so hard on me? Why is life so painful? And you think, well, I'm in pain, but so are millions of others all over the world. And if I can do something to alleviate even one person's suffering today in some small way, then I can feel that sense of connection, that sense of humanity. And that's how we heal ourselves best. Oh, 
Uma, that is so beautiful. I can just hear the love, and I know that your seniors that you work with must love you very, very much. Oh, uh, I love them dearly too, Liesl. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that from your beautiful Facebook posts. Um, Uma, do you have any learning opportunities that our listeners can uh, participate in or your website? Where can they find you? Because I'm so sure that many people will want to connect with you. Oh, thank you for asking me to share that. My website is www.umagirish.com. That's U-M-A-G-I-R-I-S-H.com. Uh, my book is called Losing Amma, Finding Home. That's published by Hay House and it's available on Amazon. I have a five-week online teleclass called Creating Your Legacy, What Will You Leave Behind? And this teleclass is about really focusing on intentionally living your life so that you leave a lasting legacy and you are remembered well after you're gone. So it's a class about getting getting like really clear about what's important to you what truly matters how do you invest your time what is the unfinished business in your life what are you grieving what do you need to complete we're going to be doing life themes and life review and setting intentions for your soul's journey it's it's, it's a it's a wonderful wonderful 5 week program and um, you can find that on umagirish.com forward slash creating dash your Dash legacy. Beautiful. And for our listeners, what we will do is to have all these links of Uma on the show notes page on the website SavvySelfGrowth.com. So you can click directly if you're um, not able to take it down and, and spell it out for yourself. So everything will be available. Uma, um, any last thoughts of inspiration or wisdom for us? If somebody's out there and they have either experienced a loss or they're scared about they don't know where to go next or they're thinking of making a career change and they have some fear about that. Is there something that you can share with us to help? The best way to come to a place of clarity is through stillness. So most times we stay up in our head space, our mind space, and all our fears and our logical confusion lives in that space. But it's so important to drop into our heart space. So I would say carve out even 10 minutes of silence a day and ask your soul what it's seeking to speak to you about at this time. You can read all the books and take all the workshops, but as long as you're external focused, there's only so much you can do. At the end of the day, we need to come back home to ourselves, to our soul's wisdom, because all the answers we need lives in the space of our hearts. Oh, my word, that is beautiful. So often, well, most often we want the, we want somebody else to give us the answer, right? So yeah. here you're sharing with us, it's in the heart, and we can't hear it speak if we're not silent. Right. Mm, beautiful. Uma, this was an incredible conversation. Thank you for sharing so much wisdom and lovely tips and information that we can use on, on a conscious journey towards our soul's oh. purpose for us. Oh, Liesl, it's such a pleasure to talk to you always. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Uma. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want 
um, more words of wisdom about making a career change mindfully, you can go to SavvySelfGrowth.com for articles, other interviews, and of course the show notes of Uma's episode today. And remember that a fulfilling career is a journey that involves the wisdom of your heart, just like Uma was talking about today. It may take a little time to hear that wisdom and to listen to it, but the rewards are incredible. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For other inspiring guests and articles on career change and the notes of today's show, be sure to visit SavvySelfGrowth.com. Download your free gift while you're there. Thank you for sharing this show with a friend. Remember, a mindful career transition is a journey that involves the wisdom of the heart.